got your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. It says, Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came and looked for fruit on it, and he found none. So he said to the vine dresser of his vineyard, Now these three years I have come looking for fruit on the fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it deplete the soil? He answered him, Sir, leave it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not after that, you shall cut it down. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, that you have your way on your word. We thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you for what we feel tonight and your presence. We pray, God, that you just help us to receive from your word. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Listen, I want to read this one more time. Uh, I'll tell you what happened to me this afternoon. I got up here. I really wanted to talk about the prodigal son and how that Jesus Christ it gives us a story of our father and how a lot of people don't see their father the right way and how he runs to us. And I was in my office studying and the Holy Spirit, I was talking to Christian Harris actually. And if, if you don't know who Christian is, he came up through the student, the student ministry here. He's ministering in Vermont he all of a sudden almost died last week. He started having seizures. He went, it was bad. Um, and I was talking to him. I've been talking to him ever since. Um, we didn't even know he was going through it. His pastor's wife actually called me and let me know. He's been having terrible seizures. He has a serotonin syndrome that he just produces way too much serotonin. And he's going limp on his left side. He's so I was in there talking to him, and the Spirit of the Lord just came in my office, and I began to pray for him, and I felt just the healing power of God. But from that freedom, God gave me this message. I want to I look at this parable. I, I want us to, God just put this on my heart for the people here tonight. He knew who was going to be here, and he changed everything. And I, I just want, I have fought the devil ever since. So I want you to pray for me. So he says, he's, this is Jesus. He spake this parable. There was a certain man who had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree. Keep that up. Listen to me. There is some kind of weird thing that has happened in the church world today where we think that we are saved and we don't have to have any fruit in our life. We just can tell people we're a Christian and we're saved. It's not enough. We can tell people we believe in Jesus and we believe in God. You listen to me. It's not enough. The demons in hell believe in God and Jesus and they tremble, James said. There is a whole world today of church people that do not want to read this scripture. When God began to deal with me, it almost made me sick. My heart began to be broken. When is the last time you stopped as a believer and said, if I'm going to heaven, I must have fruit? Where's my fruit? Not I go to a good church that has fruit. Come on. I feel the power of God in this place. Where's my fruit? I'm a Christian. I name the name of Christ. Where's my fruit? Where's my actions? Where do I have to show? When's the last time I told somebody about Jesus? When's the last time that I shared? Some, just tried to encourage somebody more than just coming to a building. Wow. 
Jesus is serious here. And he said, you've been there for three years and I keep coming to you. And Paul says, when you should be teachers and you should be preachers and you should be leaders and you should be foundational and you should be building up people, I come to you and you're still sitting on the pew and you're a fat Christian. We still have to put the bottle in you. Nobody should have to tell you when to come to church. I just can't make it. Boy, you can make everything you want. You got no problem getting the things you want. Boy, I can make those things. He says, you've been here three years and you have contributed nothing. You're a waste of soul. See, y'all don't like this kind of preaching. That's why when I felt it in my office, I felt that my flesh go, man, you better not preach that. I didn't preach this. I'm reading this. And now here's a concept. The father comes and says, I need fruit. Do you know how many people, me and Bethany at night, when we lay down, we talk about people, not in a bad way, but we talk about people that we're going to pray for and concern. You know what nine times out of ten we end up saying at the end? They're in church. Might not even be this church. They're in church, but they're not saved. There's no way they're saved. Because a regeneration power of the Holy Spirit produces fruit. When I got saved... Old things passed away. The stuff I used to listen to and the stuff I used to watch and the things I used to do, I couldn't do them anymore because the new man was now alive. You know why pastors are burning out like crazy? Instead of saying, hey, search your heart and find your fruit and bring forth fruit fit for repentance, we're trying to take people in their carnal flesh and the way they are, and form them by behavior modification into believers. If you're a believer, listen, I'm talking to every person that is saved tonight. It's time that we at Evangel Assembly of God search ourselves and say, I want to be back on fire again. I want to have fruit again in my life, God. He says he's coming to look for fruit. Listen, if you don't have fruit... There is no like purgatory. We don't say we believe in purgatory, but I know a lot of Christians that live like they do. That we have some kind of limbo. Listen, if you don't have fruit, he's going to tell you, he comes to you and says, I gave you my own son. I gave you the word of God. I gave you my presence. Cut the tree down. Oh, but thank God for Jesus in this story. Oh, I can tell y'all shut me down. You've already made up your mind if you're going to listen to me or not. That's okay. Look at, look at verse 8. And he answered and said unto him, this is Jesus, to the Father, Lord, let it alone and give it another year. Church, this is our year. This is our year. Let it alone. I'm going to dig it. I'm going to get the stuff that is soaking up the nutrients out of it. Lord, let me dig it again. I hope your prayer tonight is, God, dig it again. Dig it up again. Dig up my life. 
Listen, I'm tired of watching people come to church and leave the same way they came. You say, well, it's the preacher's fault. It can't be the preacher's fault. It can't be. It's their fault. You know, I read a book by a Navy SEAL called Jocko, and you might have heard of him. It's called Extreme Ownership. That's what's wrong in the church. It's everybody's fault, but our fault. Nobody will do this for me, and nobody will do that for me, and wah, put the bottle in my mouth, and nobody burped me, and nobody rocked me. See, I believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells with us. And my prayer is that, do you remember when you first got saved? How exciting it was. My prayer is, is that we say, Lord, we've lost the excitement somewhere. I want to be rededicated to you. I want a revival in my heart. And I don't just want it. I believe that you can do it tonight if I just ask you to. I believe that I can get a passion again for prayer and a passion again for the word. And I believe that you can take away all these things I'm trying to stop doing. And you can completely give me an appetite for heaven. Amen. Amen. An appetite for souls. Look at verse 9. And if it bear fruit, then good. But if not, you can cut it down. Isn't it funny how if we don't read our Bible, the God that we make up in our own head doesn't line up with the God of the Scriptures? I didn't say this. I have to live by this. There's got to be fruit in my life. There has to be. I remember when I was 19 years old and I kept hearing about fruit. And I said, Lord, I don't understand exactly what you're saying here. What is fruit? And I'll never forget he spoke to me so clear and said, it's the reward of your effort. So if you don't have fruit in your life, could it mean you have no reward for no effort? What do I mean by fruit? I mean you have no effort. There's no part of your heart that cried out to God this week, I want to know you more. I want to be more like you. Help me to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's so funny when real worshipers get in the house, how it changes the whole worship service. I was thinking tonight, God, give us a couple more worshipers. I can tell when you lose a couple to the nursery, you know it's going to be a bad night because the people that are tenacious for God, when they're missing, we're just going to stand and stare at I don't know what yet. I still haven't figured out what we're staring at. God, increase my worship. That's fruit. That's a reward for your effort. I want more of you. Increase my time in your word. Increase my prayer time. Here's a big one. Increase my love for people. Help me love them like you love them. How many people could be here tonight if we just had fruit? If we had put forth the effort? I challenged the staff. I challenged them. I gave them a shut-in list. And I told them to be on this staff. Every week you're going to contact these people. You're going to reach out to Brother Northcutt. 
you're going to reach out to all these people because we're going to be a staff that loves sheep. We're not just going to be a staff that just comes and says we're staff. We got to get the heart of God again. Now, I can't control anything. Y'all are not staff. They are. But if the people of Evangel realize, listen, I just got a question. Do you have fruit in your life? Seriously. If God comes to you tonight and says, you're in my vineyard, you're in my church, what's your fruit? What you going to tell him? I know what you're going to tell him. If you don't have fruit, it's clear in the scriptures. You're going to say, oh, I married a wife, Lord. Have me excused. And the excuses are going to flow. Lord, I bought some land. I need to go see it. That sounds about as silly as a lot of the excuses I hear. You didn't see it yet and you got to go, you bought it? You don't think there's a reason he says that? Lord, you don't understand. I had to do this. Have me excused. Look at Matthew 7. Hope you love me at the end of the sermon. If you'll listen to me, you'll love me for eternity. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. So if you look at your life, if you have good fruit, then you're a good tree. But the flip side of that is, if you have, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Now, most people don't want to associate themselves with an evil fruit. Do they? But I bet you when you first got saved, you were very clear that you were an evil fruit. I'm telling you, I lay in bed at night and cannot sleep because I worry about people that are in church and they feel the presence of God and they have checked in their mind that some kind of feeling of the presence of God makes them saved. It's scary. You know what makes you a child of God? Not a feeling, a correction. When's the last time he rebuked you? And crickets. When's the last time he showed you in his word, hey, you're acting like this. I want to change you and make you like that. Who he loves, he rebukes. It lets you know it says that you are a son or a daughter and not a bastard. That means you've been birthed without a father, the father of heaven. You've been birthed into a church environment. I felt ashamed when Bill Say came. And all he had to do was tell people you're going to fry like bacon in hell. And they hit the altars. Listen, it's great if you know all the deep concepts of the Bible. To know them means nothing. We've got our excuses why we can't get God. He hit it this morning. I'm mad at God. God wasn't fair to me. Listen, God is good, period. 
And people will use that little crutch of, well, I haven't got it all perfect my way until they will roast in hell and they will sit in services like this and they will be like, God, they're mad at God. Why are you mad at God? It might work and you can convince people to pity you down here, but it won't work when you stand before the good throne of God. Then he says, what did you do with my son who could help you overcome all grief, all hurt? What are we going to do as a nation when the other nations rise up against us? Well, that don't happen. Yeah, that's because you've designed in your head how the judgment's going to be and not how Jesus said it was going to be. The cities of Sodom are going to rise up against our nation and say, if we had a Bible and if we had a message and if we felt the presence of God like this, we would have repented. Keep reading. Verse 18. A good tree cannot bear evil fruit, nor a corrupt tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, by your fruit you will know them. Now look at this. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, so enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does, not who says... Who does fruit? He says, I didn't say this. I'm telling y'all, I got in my office today and I got so nauseated at how heavy this was. I, I've, listen, y'all know, I've preached to this crowd for 18 years. I'm not theatrical, but I'm sitting in my office and I had a feeling there are people in here tonight that your soul is hanging in the balance. You've got some kind of mystical thought that you'll get saved one day or you'll get right one day. I'm telling you, you got sick. begin to cry. It's serious. You walked in here tonight and thought church is normal and God showed up and said, no, no, no. I've got to love you enough to warn you that it's time. It's time to dig up. Look, and he says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, that is our generation. You know Jesus? Sure, I know Jesus. I sing on the praise team. Man, I'm an usher. I teach Sunday school class. So? I'll tell you stuff about people I've heard, and deacons and all kind of weird things that happen. Coming to church and doing is not it. Saying I'm a Christian, but it's not about just doing here. It's about the will of your Father in heaven out there. Fruit. How about your employees that you work with? Do they know? Do you share? No, because in the handbook it talks about how we can't bring up religion. Well, it's not religion. It's not religion. Religion don't work. That money you're holding that you're working for says in God we trust. It's a relationship. If you can talk about your spouse, you can talk about your God. Oh yeah, there, there's a culture in America that fights and oppresses you. Well, you'll lose your job. Well, then you don't believe the book of Daniel. 
Because I find out when the law of man defies the law of God, if you stand with God, there's only promotion through the fire. Do you believe it? Well, that's not really practical Christianity. And that's why we're here right now. We can't speak against anything because we've been silenced by the enemy. He's intimidated us to be silent. That's why kids are born right now and they don't know if they're male or female. That's the world's fault. No, 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 that's the church's fault. I'm going to try to stay on point, but look, look at 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name, done many wondrous works in your name? But then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you practice evil. Keep that up. When you read that, you're like, wait a minute, that's confusing. The word knew there is the way that it says Adam knew Eve and they birthed the son. It means relational. So he's not saying, I don't know you like we might say, well, I don't even know who this guy is. He's saying, listen, yeah, you were at church. And yeah, you were in the shouting group. And yeah, you did all that stuff there. But when it became to intimacy out there, I don't know you. You don't pray to me. You don't read my word. You don't share your faith. Yeah, you know me in here. But when it comes down to the real knowing and a relationship that births children, I don't know who you are. You don't care about souls as long as you're happy. I don't know you. I don't know you. Your, your hobbies are your love. That's what you love out there. Do you see that these are scriptures? I'm not spinning them. I'm not twisting them. I'm just reading them. There has to be fruit. I think it's Jeremiah. I'll never forget it. When Hoss first came to church here, he kept saying something to me. I think it's Jeremiah 17, 9, but I could be wrong. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It will deceive you. And Hoss got a revelation from God that the scariest person that your heart can deceive is you. You can make excuses and you can think that because I do this, this, and this. Did we not prophesy in your name, Lord? Did we not cast out devils? Listen, the name of Jesus reigns. Before they were born again, they were casting out demons. But you can have a heart that tells you you're all right to sit in a pew tonight that has deceived you. How do you know the spirit of truth has to come? The Holy Spirit has to come. That's why so many churches are scared of the manifestation power of the Holy Spirit. It's because the leadership in that church is scared they'll be exposed. Churches all over this nation, they're like, well, we don't believe in all that stuff. We do that in our small groups, but we don't really want it in here. It drives people away. No, no, no. He doesn't ever drive anybody away. He sets free because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. When he shows up, and he is a he, when he shows up, he sets the captives free. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the word. He's anointed me to proclaim liberty to the All of a sudden, when the Holy Ghost comes and begins to shine, listen, I told God in my office, this could be the worst message ever preached. I could care less. What I want is the Holy Spirit to grab people's hearts, mine included, and shine his light in my heart. And do not let me deceive myself. Don't let me think I'm okay, God, when I'm not okay. Don't let me come up with a list that I think is going to get me to heaven and it's a lie. Let it be by your word for thy word is truth. It's a lamp unto my feet. That's why the devil will distract you from the word of God. Listen to me. These little flimsy Facebook posts are not going to keep you fed. You've got to get in your Bible and you've got to get it. You can't eat somebody else's regurgitated word all the time and be strong. Well, I do a daily devotion with Lisa Turkenstein. Who cares? That's dessert. That's dessert. This is meat. It's a word for you. Yeah, read your devotions as dessert. Get this in your heart, for I've hidden my word, thy word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. If it's not hidden, I'll always sin against you. You ever read the Bible and you're like, man, I know I'm guilty right here. Till you read it, you thought you were pretty good. Okay, maybe just me. You open it up and you're like, whoa. I didn't even see that before. You ever done that? What worries me is when you talk about God's inspired word and you read it and it's for you and people are looking at you like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about some one-year program. I'm talking about Rhema. I'm talking about where his word jumps off the page. And if that's not happening to you, then you need to get hungry for it. You have not because you've asked not. Don't open this book without asking him to speak to you right where you are. Listen, I'm all for one-year programs and one-year read-throughs and all that stuff. Stay with it. But listen, ask the Lord where he wants you. Read through your one year. Do your Lisa Turkenstein devotions or Joyce Myers or whoever they are. Fine. But you have to get this for you. You have to get alone with him. Say, well, I don't have a lot of time. He doesn't need a lot of time. Because, see, we meditate on his word day by day. So he might give you one scripture that you think about all day. Where he says, God, not my will, but your will be done. You think about it. How many times am I asking God for his will? You don't think you can chew on that all day? It's a stake. I'm going to close with this last scripture, JT. You can put up my last one. You guys know John 15? Before I read this, let me say this. I can't shake the feeling. I can't shake the feeling. That there's some of you here tonight that it's time. It's time to get serious. I'll never forget when I was in a service at Summerton Church of God. 
and a word went out. And and the pastor walked up and said, somebody's here tonight. If you reject him tonight, you'll never come back to him. And I remember getting on my knees and saying, God, please don't let it be me. And they kept waiting and they kept playing songs and nobody came. But you knew, you, I, I quit praying for God, don't make sure it's not me, to God, whoever it is. I knew the Holy Spirit was wanting them. I feel that way tonight. I haven't felt that way since I was 13 or 14 years old. I feel like tonight there are people here. It's time to get right. I watched Jacob Laster was here, who is Brother Frost's associate pastor. I watched right here in this choir loft that Brother Frost looked at a guy and he said, if you, the Lord just told me, if you marry the woman you're engaged to, you will never have a ministry again. It shook me so much that I backed away and went and sat down because I thought about what God just said. No, but God would never just be done. Guess what the guy did? He married the girl. Guess what's happened to the guy? He's been the associate pastor at two different churches, and the doors on the churches have literally been closed down. It's serious. If you don't hear me tonight, there's going to be a time where you're going to be so angry that I didn't scream at you how real hell is and how eternal it is. I've just read you two other scriptures that says you're going to be cast, cut down and cast into the fire. This is the message of Jesus. Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And if you know me, I've never preached a message like this. I feel it. That souls are hanging in the balance. Just listen to what he says, John 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes away. How can we read that, guys, and not get what it says? And every branch that bears fruit, I love this part, he prunes it. Sometimes you feel like your life's being all cut on. Oh, yeah, it's being cut on. He loves you. He's got more fruit. I love that part. Verse 3. You already are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me. Once again, relationship. It does not say visit me. It does not say give me your best on Sunday and Wednesday. It says remain. Stay connected. As as I also remain in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. So how do we get fruit? By saying, Lord, I can't get fruit without you. I don't know how to do this without you. I don't know how to make it without you. It has to come from you. Amen? Verse 5. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. So let me tell you the scariest part of this. If you look at your life and you don't have much fruit, does it mean you're visiting him or remaining in him? If I look at my life and say, how much fruit do I have? Well, I don't have a lot. Well, that's a good measure of I'm not in him a lot. People that really yield, that's all God's been speaking to me this week. Yield to me, yield to me, yield to me. Turn it over. Everything you're holding on to, yield it to me. I'll set you back on fire like I did in the beginning. And now you got a lot of knowledge you didn't have. See, when this church started growing, this little girl named Amber Duffner was in the youth group. Her dad happened to be here today. I got a phone call because we were fasting and praying every night, seeking God to move and yielding. I got a phone call. It said, the principal of Fultondale Elementary, I mean, Fultondale High School. Um, Mr. Langford? Yeah? Are you the youth pastor down at Evangel? Uh, yes, ma'am. Well, I've got a predicament. And I said, what's that? We have a Bible study called First Priority in the mornings at 7. And a couple of girls from your group asked a girl if she wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. And they laid hands on her. And now there are kids laying all over the floor praying and crying and seeking God. And it's time to go to class. And I don't even feel uncomfortable enough to go ask them not to because I feel the presence of God. And I said, well, I'm not doing anything with it. <laughs> if you want me to come up there, I'm not doing anything. What a shame that that was almost 18 years ago. Have we all gotten so satisfied? Well, that's a great story. No, that can be a reality. God's got stuff for you. Listen to me, I'm not saying this bragging. I had this habit where I went home every night after I got all my work and all the stuff for church done. And for the last hour, I just let my mind just go. Urgh. I turned it on this show called Duck Dynasty and I went to sleep. And I laughed at those goofballs because it was clean. And I laughed and I went to sleep. But God, about three weeks ago, began to do something to me. And now it's not that I have some kind of weird rule about TV. I don't have the appetite for TV. I didn't have to say, God, take it from me. You know what I feel him telling me now? I want your cell phone. It's I want it. I got excuses, though. Well, God, all my friends need to see Bethany's belly. That's one of your miracles. Don't we do that to God? What does that mean I need? Not to try harder. It means I need another yielding. I need another sanctification. You guys heard that word in a while? 
I came from two different denominations. One told you sanctification was instantaneous, and one told you it's progressive. And I say they're both wrong because they're both right. Put them together. If you'll yield to not, he will sanctify you wholly, all of you. If you'll yield to not, he will take away your love for things of this world, and he will fill you with wonderful things. And he, see, he says, hey, by the way, without me, it won't work. You got to get into me. I feel what he's wanting to do here. I feel his power and his love. Look, Jesus Christ is our advocate. When the father says, man, I've worked on them three years now, and they're still doing the same old stuff. Jesus says, no, 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 give them one more year. Let me love on them one more time. Let me work on them one more time. Everybody stand with me. You know, sometimes I really want to tell the whole band, don't go up. <laughs> we don't need you. I think I'm going to do that. Go back down. I don't want to see you. Hear it. You can backslide so easy from standing up there while God moves. I've been there and done that. It's easy to hide it up here. So we got a CD back there and CDs work. I want us to take a minute tonight. All of us. If you've got abundant fruit then great, keep praying for us. But if your fruit's not there, it's time we start asking God, where's the fruit? Where's my fruit? Jeremiah, I think, I'm, I think it's 17.9. I don't want to deceive me anymore, God. My heart is wicked. It'll let me think I'm something I'm not. That's why James says the word of God is like a mirror. You see yourself, and if you're not careful, you walk away and forget what you look like. But the word of God is supposed to let us look and say, oh, man, I need Jesus. I'm talking to believers tonight. We need more fruit. You know, we got all these fancy Easter cards, and I'm thankful for them, and we're going to hand them out. Let me tell you, you want to pack this place out on Easter? Get fruit in your life. You'll need a card, we'll, and I hope you give them out. This is not a marketing company. We can pray them in. I'm telling you. Those little girls got a hold of God. So tonight, I want you just to take a second. If you will, come down or turn around in your seat. And I want you just to internalize and talk to the Lord. Maybe you're backslidden. That word's in the Bible, by the way. And you need to ask Him to forgive you. Come back to him. He loves you.